Hi there, Gateway Church family, and welcome to our Good Friday service online. I hope that you're looking forward to remembering Jesus' sacrifice for you and me on the cross. I'm so glad today that there is an empty cross, that Jesus cried out, it is finished. He finished what he came to this earth to do, to die on the cross for you and me, to take our sin so that we could be reconciled to God. And I'm looking forward to celebrating with you in three days' time, the greatest news of all, that Jesus is alive. There is an empty tomb. He is alive forevermore. Jesus has won the victory and we can know God as our Lord and as our Saviour. It's all because of Jesus and we look forward to worshipping him with you over these next couple of days. And if you'd like to join us in person, then you can do so. We're at 281 Cardiff Road, Aberaman, Aberdeen, Gateway Church, Cymru. And you can find out more information about us as a church and what goes on in our church on our website, gatewaychurchcymru.co.uk. And if it is your first time joining us, then I'd love to give you a warm welcome. My name's Luke and I'm the pastor. But today I want to share with you a special Good Friday message. And the title of this message is The Call to Courage. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 27. And it says this in verse 57 to 61. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and watching. You know, my parents are currently away with my brother and his girlfriend. They're currently away on holidays uh, at the moment. And, uh, you know, as they, they've been FaceTiming me every day, sharing updates about the holidays, showing me around, and I'm getting a little bit jealous. I cannot wait for holiday season. I cannot wait to go on holidays this year. But, you know, as I've been thinking about that, you know, I've been reminded of some of the holidays that I've been on in the past. And, you know, as a family, the majority of time we spent on holidays, the place where we often went to was France. We used to love going to France as a family. We had a holiday home out there and we have so many wonderful memories with my grandparents out there, with my cousins, aunties and uncles. We had such a fantastic time. I took friends out there. It was just, just an amazing place. And I'm so thankful for those opportunities and those holidays that we had. And I remember when we were younger, before we had the holiday home, we used to stay in different places around France. And we went to the south of France one summer and it was glorious. It was a, a wonderful place. The weather was lovely but we had been out one day into the to this town and the weather was awful this one day it was like a summer storm and the rain was torrential and so we decided to head back home from the town which we had visited and as we were heading back from this town we were in the car my parents were in the car my dad was driving my grandfather was in the front seat my nan myself uh, my younger brother dav and my mother were in the back and um, as we were driving uh, on this road my grandfather said, all of a sudden, as we were going on this bend on this motorway, my grandfather said, oh my gosh, look at that. And then to our amazement, I've seen, we've seen something that, that I hope to, to goodness I never ever see again. We've seen this car come around this bend and all of a sudden it hit the corner and it flipped up in the air and it must have done about six or seven spins in the air and it landed on the roof right in front of us. If it wasn't for God's protection, I don't know where we'd be and what condition we'd be in today. But I thank God for his protection. That he goes before us. He is the God who protects. But, you know, as we were seeing that happen, I was terrified. I was absolutely petrified. 
I thought that whoever was in that car was dead. We all thought whoever was in that car was dead. We have never seen anything like it. It was like something out of James Bond or a movie. It was absolutely horrific. Then what happened next amazed me. I seen my parents do something that I don't think I'd ever be able to do. They mustered up the courage. They got out of the car and they went to go and see this car, see whoever it was, was see if they were okay. The car was on its roof and uh, there was glass everywhere. There was petrol spilling out everywhere. And my parents, the natural reaction was to go and see if that person was okay. As I said, I don't think I'd have the courage to do that, but they did. And uh, they went out and there was this woman in the car. She was screaming, she was crying. My, my dad thought that there was a baby or a child in the back of the car, she was screaming, but we found out later on it was just her purse. But she got out of the car without a scratch. I, again, it was a miracle. It was, it was God's saving grace and saving power. But you know, that day I seen something that inspired me and that was my parents' courage. You know, sometimes in life we, we're faced with things that frighten us. We can all be gripped by fear you know maybe you're watching this tonight and maybe you're afraid about something that's going on in your life maybe it's about financial problems because of the economic crisis maybe you're afraid because of health maybe you've had some bad news from the doctor maybe you're afraid about your relationship right now maybe things aren't going so well there with that you know we can face we can be afraid in life afraid of taking stepping into a new career afraid of beginning new relationships afraid of starting over again our lives so often we can be filled with fear, especially when we're faced with adversity. And you know, on this Good Friday, as we think about Jesus and his death upon the cross, I'm sure that his closest followers were filled with fear. I'm sure Jesus was filled with fear. The Bible tells us that he was sweating drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed and he knew what lay before him. But I'm sure his disciples were gripped with fear as well 2,000 years ago. Their God, their Savior, their Lord, their Master, their Friend, their Rabbi, he had just been crucified. The most gruesome death of all. He had been crucified like a criminal or even though he had done nothing wrong. These disciples, these followers of Jesus had given up everything to follow him. They'd left their homes, they left their families, they left their jobs to follow the call of God. They knew that Jesus wasn't just some, some normal teacher, that he was in fact God in the flesh. And they gave up their all to follow Jesus. They'd spent three and a half years following him, journeying with him, living with him, with God incarnate, God in person. They'd seen him perform all these miracles. They'd heard his glorious teaching and They'd also seen him stand up to those who opposed him, the Romans, the religious leaders of their time. I'm sure that these disciples felt invincible. I bet you felt like that in moments in your life when you've been with somebody who is strong. But now, on this Good Friday, the Master, the Savior, the Lord, their God, he was gone. He had been crucified. He was killed. He was murdered upon the cross. So what were they going to do now? Life as they knew it was over. All hope had gone. And we know from reading in the Gospels that actually the disciples, they did a runner. They went into hiding. They, they feared for their life because they were afraid that what happened to Jesus was going to happen to them. That the Romans would find them and that they would be killed also. It must have been horrific for them. They ran away. That was their natural reaction to fear, to adversity. They ran away. However... We see that there's an, a surprising character who emerges from the shadows on Good Friday. 
It's something that really caught my attention as I was reading through the Gospels and preparing for the Easter messages over the last few weeks. As I've been reading through the Crucifixion, the Passion Week, there was a, a surprising character who seems to emerge from the shadows. On this dark day, there is one who actually steps into the light. He's actually a man who we never talk about. Uh, talk about. I've been in church all my life and in 30 years, I've never heard a message on this man. But actually... He's a major character in the Easter story and in particular the Good Friday story. He's actually a secret disciple of Jesus and his name is Joseph and he's from a place called Arimathea. This is what it says in Matthew 27, 57 to 61 again. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and was watching. As I've said, I've never heard a message on this man. Maybe you've read about him. We sing about him in some of the worship songs that we sing. But have you ever wondered who was Joseph and where is this place Arimathea? Well, He's called Joseph of Arimathea because he, the Bible and the writers of the Gospels want us to, to know that he is different from Joseph, Jesus' father, and obviously Joseph in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. But, but Joseph, he's from Arimathea, which is a Judean town. And, and as I said, this is to distinguish him from the other Josephs in the Bible. And, and what's interesting is that Joseph of Arimathea is mentioned in all four Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, first four books of the New Testament. Now, there's not an awful lot of information about him in the Bible, but there are certain things that we do learn from the New Testament, from the Gospels that the writers give us about Joseph. We learn that Joseph was actually part of the council or the Sanhedrin. He was part of the religious group uh, there, the Jewish, religi Jewish religious leaders, and he was part of that. And he was part of it who called for Jesus' crucifixion. However, we see the Joseph of Arimathea was actually one of the only one of the, the Jewish leaders who, who opposed it, who, who rejected the council's decision to have Jesus crucified. It says this in Luke 23, verse 50 to 50, or 51. Now there was a good and a righteous man named Joseph. He was a member of the Jewish high council, but he had not agreed with the decisions and actions of the other religious leaders. He was from the town of Arimathea in Judea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. He didn't want Jesus to be crucified. He opposed the religious leaders. We also know from Matthew 27 that Joseph of Arimathea was actually a wealthy man, although we don't know where the source of his wealth came from. In addition to that, the Bible says in Luke 23, as we've just read, that Joseph was a good and upright man as well. But we also know that jo Joseph was a secret follower of Jesus. He was afraid of being known as a follower of Jesus. He was afraid of the other religious leaders because if they found out that he was a follower of Jesus, then he would have been excommunicated. He would have lost his role. He would have lost his position. I'm sure he would have had some stick as well. He would have been in a lot of trouble for being known as a follower of Jesus. And so Joseph of Arimathea was actually a secret follower of Jesus. He was a secret disciple. But you know what I love as we read through the gospel is that on Good Friday, on this Good Friday, the narrative of his life changes. This coward who is in the hiding, who is in hiding because of fear of being known as a follower of Jesus, 
we see something powerful happens. As we read there in Matthew 27, verse 57 to 61, I'll read it one more time. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great, across a great stone across the entrance and left. Both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting across from the tomb and they were watching. The secret disciple now becomes a courageous disciple. You know, after Jesus' death on the cross, we see Joseph at a great risk to himself and his reputation. He does something incredibly courageous. He goes to the Roman governor at that time, Pontius Pilate, and he asks him, for Jesus' body. After Jesus had been crucified on the cross, Joseph asks for his body so that he could bury Jesus' body. This man who was gripped by fear, this man who was terrified, this man who was afraid of people finding out that he was a follower of Jesus, in the end, he steps forward and declares his loyalty for the Lord, his love for the Lord, and honours his Lord and Saviour. But why? Why does this happen? Why does he make this courageous act? Why does this fearful disciple take this courageous act? Why does he do that? Well, I'm sure it was because he's seen or heard about what Jesus had done for him. He's seen the courageous saviour. He's seen what Jesus had done on the cross. He got courage from the cross. We're not sure, the Bible doesn't tell us if, if Joseph personally witnessed Jesus' crucifixion. We're not sure if he was on the crowd in the crowd when, when they were cr the crowd was crying out for Jesus to be crucified. We're not sure if Joseph seen any of this, if he seen Jesus carrying his cross up, up to Golgotha. We're not sure if we see if Joseph was there seeing it or if he had heard stories about it, just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus. We're not sure. But what we do know is that this news about Jesus changed and transformed his life. Jesus' death on the cross changed something within Joseph. It transformed Joseph. Why? Because Jesus was courageous. Jesus laid down his life willingly. He gave up his life willingly. He wasn't forced to. He laid down his life for you and me. He did the greatest act of courage of all, dying for you and me, taking upon the punishment of God, the wrath of God for you and me. Listen to what Jesus went through for Joseph, but what he also went through for you and me also. Mark 15 verse 16 to 20 says this, the soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters, called the Praetorium, and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him, they assaulted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spit on him and dropped to, to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off their purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. We know from other gospel accounts that Jesus was whipped at the whipping post 39 times. And it wouldn't have just been normal whips. This was whips with bits of nail, bits of bone, bits of metal, which would have tore Jesus back. He was unrecognisable. Jesus went through all of that for you and me. Most people would have died at that whipping post, but Jesus went through that. He went through that. Then he was nailed to the cross. He was forced to carry his cross, and he was nailed to the cross, hung on the cross, suffocating for six hours, and he did that. Why? 
Well, I love what it says in Isaiah 53. This is why Jesus did it. Isaiah 700 years before Jesus even steps into the steps into the earth, steps into history. God tells a prophet by the name of Isaiah his plan of salvation. It says this in Isaiah 53 verse 1 to 12. This is why Jesus was courageous. This is why Jesus laid down his life. It says this Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've all left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. It was prophesied 700 years before about Joseph of Arimathea. Then verse 10 says, But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honours of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did Jesus go through all of that? Because of his love for you and me. He took your sin and my sin. He took the punishment of God that we deserved. He was separated from God so that we would never be separated again. He was cut off from God so we could be reconciled to God. He took our sins so we could be forgiven, so we could be free and have a relationship with God, know the gift and receive the gift of eternal life. That is why Jesus did it. It was because of his love. John 3, 16, for God so loved this world, you can put your name in there, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, no matter who you are, what you've done, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You know, knowing what Jesus had done for him made Joseph of Arimathea give his all for Jesus. As we come to an end of this message on Good Friday, I believe that as we remember all that Jesus has done, as we think about how courageous our Saviour was, as we look upon the cross tonight, today, or whenever you're watching this, may it fill us with courage. Maybe you're watching this today and maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Well, you can. There is a link on this in the description of this video. Please click on that and you can find out how you can know Jesus. And we'd love 
to, to help you take your first step in knowing him. It is the greatest decision of all. Don't be afraid. Don't put it off. Don't worry about what other people will say. All that matters is that God knows you, that you are reconciled to God, that you have a relationship with God. So today, surrender your life to Jesus. Don't be afraid. Be courageous and make a decision to follow him. Today, Jesus is calling you to be courageous. Or maybe you're watching this today and maybe you've wandered away from Jesus. But today you can come back. There is grace, there is mercy, there is a fresh start in and through our Saviour. The Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, he will get up again. The Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. That is how merciful and good our God is. Come back to him today. Maybe you're watching this today. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus, but maybe you're a secret disciple. Maybe you're afraid of what your family members will say because you're a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're afraid of what those in work would say or in your social club. Maybe you're afraid of what they will do or say if they find out that you're a Christian. But today, as we look at Jesus, as we are reminded about Jesus, just like Joseph was, as Joseph heard about the cross, saw the cross, it filled him with courage to step out of the darkness and into the light. It, filled, it, it exchanged his fear for courage. And may that do the same for you and me today. I want to encourage you today. Step into the light. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people about what he has done for you. Don't deny that you know Jesus because Jesus said he'll deny you before the Father if you do that. But let's be a people who are courageous and tell in this world about Jesus because this world needs to hear about him today. And maybe you failed Jesus in some way. Maybe you feel like it's too late for you. Well, we see it wasn't too late for Joseph. Right at the end there, Joseph stepped into the light. He took Jesus' body and buried him in his own tomb. And we so I'm so grateful that Jesus isn't in Joseph's tomb tonight. Jesus isn't in his tomb today, but Jesus is alive. He's conquered sin. He's conquered death. It's never too late for Jesus. You can have a second chance with him today. Surrender your life to him. And so on this Good Friday, I want to encourage you to ask God, God, fill me with courage. Fill me with courage. May we be a courageous people as we head into Easter weekend. God is calling us to be courageous, just like Jesus was. Let's be courageous for his glory and for his honour. Amen.